luck is up, shaggers. It is I, the fiend, the myth, the self-appointed legend, Zizi Siolo, back at it with another episode of Shit About Shagging, the show where we talk about everything that goes down in the streets and in between the sheets. Friends, I know it's been a while, but life has been a many, it's been a plenty, and I do apologize for leaving you hanging like bulls on a sweaty day, which is all we've been having, and it's, it's, it's a lot. But right now, I feel like an, I owe you an explanation, because I'm, I'm basically that toxic person in your life that hangs out with you, shows you a good time, and then the next day, you're ghosted. I want better for you. You deserve better. I need to change. So even though this is going to sound like a line, I want you to believe me, baby girl, when I tell you. Please, give me one more chance. I swear, I'm going to do right by you, and I'm going to give it to you good, too. So there's this one random thing I need to tell you guys before we get into the episode and the shagger shenanigans. I have been wanting to get a tattoo of my birth date in Roman numerals for the longest time, but I struggled with where I wanted to put it. Finally narrowed it down to either on my thigh or my spine. The thigh was tempting because I own a lot of skirts and dresses with high slits, but down the spine just felt like it would be cooler and sexier. The thing is that I had reservations about both those spots. Now imagine, all I could think about is if I had it on my spine, I would be associated with the porn star Riley Reed. And I don't think I need any more sexual associations tied to my name. I mean, I already have this podcast and that is a lot already. But then again, if it's on my thigh and I'm wearing shorts, you'll only see part of it. And then people would ask me, what is it? And I'd have to either pull up my shorts or take off my pants completely. And that just makes the game way too easy for some of you. So yeah, I did get the tattoo. And I'm actually really happy with the placement because now when I'm in doggy, the guy can aim and see how far <laughs> down my spine or see which letter he can hit with his money shot. And I think there should be a prize for the victor and that that is probably the best intro I've come up with. Guys, I'm so excited for this episode. It's great to be back. Let us get into this. So the story I have to tell today for my shaggy shenanigans ties in with the topic for this episode. And unfortunately, it is still very, very fresh. So in August, I met this guy and we seemed to hit it off right right off the bat. We had our first date um, the next day after our first call and everything and chatting the whole day. And the date went really well. When the bill was paid, he hugged me and I kind of told him he gives awkward hugs, which is kind of like a dick thing to say on a first date, but they were weird. At the end of the date, he walked me to my car and I thought, 
you know, that maybe I was going to get a kiss, but instead he wanted to give me a high five. I immediately told him that it felt a little belittling and weird. And then he said that we should do like a special handshake, which we did. And then he gave me another awkward hug. Anyway, we met up every day for the next five days. And in those five days, we spent hours together. And I never got anything more than a hug, which luckily did improve, actually. The one thing about him that bothered me quite a bit was that he would, whilst I was talking, he would say, sorry to cut you, I don't mean to cut you off, but, and then interrupt me. Oh my goodness, it it grated me. I, I brought it up with him and he apologized for it and he thanked me for calling him out, but he didn't really change the habit. So I think on day three, I told him how I am really big on affection, you know, and right now it felt like my needs were not being met. He came back to tell me that he's guarded in that case because of past traumas, which I respect, but I also wanted him to know that I didn't mean or want him to think that affection meant us sleeping together. Like, I I didn't mean that at all. And I think I made myself very clear in that. Fine. Day five comes along, which was um, Women's Day, 9th of August. He took me out for brunch and he even bought me like these multicolored roses, which I really appreciated. Towards the end of brunch, though, he kept pestering me about coming onto this podcast, which I played off the previous times he brought it up. But today he was just so adamant that we should record an episode together later on. The date ended and we went our separate ways. And the plan was that we'll figure out whose place we're going to record at. But as soon as I got home, I was actually genuinely so frustrated that I was steamrolled into this supposed recording that I called him and I said to him that my podcast is very near and dear to my heart and I don't just let anyone on it. Just like he's guarded about who he's affectionate with and who he lets into his home. He went quiet for a second and then said, okay, I get you. We don't have to do it. Then I was ghosted by him. I heard nothing for a while. I called, I texted, I DM'd both on Instagram and Twitter for a few days and got no response. For a second, I genuinely thought that maybe he got hurt or something, but I mean, a ghost is a ghost. The flowers he got me lasted longer than he did. Also, like those roses stayed alive for about three, four weeks, which is insane to me because it's not like I did anything special or extra to care for them. They just didn't die. But the relationship or whatever between this guy and I did. Eventually, I deleted the chat I had with him. I deleted his number and I got over it. 
exactly one month later, on the 9th of September, he up and texts me, asking me what I was doing and that we should have drinks sometime. Sometime meant now. And I could tell by the way he was messaging me that he was not fully sober and for some reason i genuinely worried about his safety so i told him okay fine let me know where you are i'm gonna come there also i thought that if i was facing him in person i would get an explanation as to why he ghosted me true to what i thought i found him intoxicated which he would constantly deny his whole behavior around me that night made me so uncomfortable because he kept shouting in my ear and he put his arm around my shoulders like you know how bros do and they like pull you in and and then he talked shit about the team I supported and it's just like dude this is not what I came for The number one thing that annoyed me that he kept doing was he would brush his hands or like pat me or, you know, something to that nature on my chest. I opted to believe that it was not intentional, but I made him aware of what he was doing. And he said, oh, damn, sorry. And then he brushed it again and laughed. So I I obviously, I walked away and then no, he pulled me back and he was like, no, no, that wasn't kosher at all. I'm sorry. Genuinely, I won't do it again. So I asked him, dude, why did you text me? And he said, no, we needed to clear up the air because we're beefing. I'm like, huh? We're beefing? No, 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 no. I should be beefing with you, but please please do mansplain to me what is going on. So he told me that comparing a podcast feature to his intimacy slash affection feelings or behavior was below the belt and childish and he expected better from me. Like, I got mad because that's not a valid reason for ghosting me. You're a grown-ass man. If you have a problem with something I said, uh, or rather a, a comparison I make to try and help you understand something, then communicate with me like adults do. After about 30 minutes, I go to my car and I'm thinking that him and his friends are also leaving the bar at this time. As I'm opening up my car door, he comes back to me and he's like, no, wait, can you come back inside the restaurant or the bar? And I'm like, okay, cool, why? I get there and he's like, no, there's something wrong with his card and do I mind paying? He'll sort me out the next day. Mind you, I drank nothing with them that night. I have, I had, I still do not have a good reason for why I paid that bill I honestly don't know why I did it and it came like close to a grand but sure fine whatever the next day I send him a screenshot of the transaction and I ask him when can I expect to get paid 
He responds to me and he asks me for my banking details and says that he'll sort me out. But instead he ghosted me again. <laughs> like, dude. This time I, I didn't I didn't even try to message him that that many times actually. I I let it sit for a while. But after nine days I texted him, hey, how are you? No response. On the 21st of September, I asked him if he's planning on paying me back or if not, he should just say so. No response. So me, I take the hint and I write it off as a bad debt. Fast forward to this weekend when I was with friends on the 1st of October. He pops out of nowhere and literally just seeing his notification come up on my phone ruined my mood instantly. His message basically said that he hadn't been purposefully ignoring me, but he's been going through shit, nor has he been delaying paying me back. Um, but there's just a lot that he's dealing with, but he promises to sort me out soon. At that point, I had like zero sympathy or energy for him and his empty words. On October 3rd, he asked what date it was, sorry. On October 3rd, which was two days after he said to me that lame excuse of an apology, he calls me to explain his situation properly, which in summary is he, his company closed down he got retrenched two months ago and that he was still trying to sort out getting the severance package from the company. Mind you, I'm just listening. I don't even, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh, nothing. When he's done speaking, I tell him, I, I genuinely feel bad for your situation as it cannot be easy and that's it. I had nothing else to say to him. He had nothing else to say to me. So the call ends. Cool. Less than 30 fucking minutes later, he sends me a message asking me if I knew anyone that would be able to help him out. The fucking nerve. I mean, it, it all suddenly clicked to me right then and there. His apology from a few days ago and the call from earlier on were all in preparation for this. Nothing was genuine. No. I mean, I felt like he just wanted to use me. In the space of four hours, he sent me nine messages, called me five times, and sent me a two-minute voice note asking for help with his rent, which was which was 8,100 rand. He texted, he, he communicated with me more in four hours than he had in the last two months. And you know, the part that killed me is that he said he would even leave his car and keys at my house as surety, as well as the proof of the rental amount and the letter from the landlord. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're joking. You no, no. And I, I just ignored everything. All of the messages, all the calls. 
I did I didn't reject the calls because that that's just that's giving you the attention. I let it ring. Because what the actual fuck? Later on that evening, I get um, this call from a random number. And because I am the emergency contact for a number of people, I answered. And it was him calling from a friend's phone. I completely lost my shirts. And I told him, can you not take a fucking hint? And I dropped the call. But (laughs) stupidly, an hour later, I decided to call him. More so that I could just, you know what, speak my mind because I was actually quite fucking pissed off. Then he goes on to tell this sob story about how he thought he had people close to him and now he was all abandoned and he was left with nothing and no one. He told me that he reached out to me that first time at the bar after ghosting me because he was sad that day and wanted to speak to someone who was always kind and caring towards him. That's why he reached out to me. He also started acknowledging that he should have handled things better and said things sooner rather than later and in a better manner than the way he did. And I'm listening to all of this and I just, I couldn't, as as saddening as it was, I, I was infuriated. So the second he got distracted whilst he was talking on the phone, I hung up. And then he tried to call me a bunch of times over the next three minutes. And I just rejected every single one of those calls. The thing is that this situation hurt me so much because my character and my kindness was being taken advantage of which has been happening happening a lot lately but the fact that this guy who wouldn't hug me properly or kiss me whilst we were seeing each other had the nerve to come to me for a fucking favor now fuck you dog you hate me say you hate me today i wanted to talk about this mind-blowing story I heard and it's just a portion of it but wow guys um I heard about this guy from the Eastern Cape who has been using women he dates and even some of his friends to fund his life once questions start getting asked he ghosts dumps them or flees town For the sake of everyone involved, the names and locations of the retelling of the story have been changed. Derek is this middle-aged man who was raised in Queenstown. He, he, He was described to be a very, to have a very alluring charm by someone who can't even stand him. Apparently, Derek is very slick with his words and once he has you as a partner he makes the girl like the center of his world and I can understand why so many women have fallen for him because 
that alone can be very appealing to a, to a lot of women. So basically, his story starts in Port Elizabeth, where he decided to open up this club. Cool. At the same time, he also developed a gambling addiction. So as you can guess, this addiction soon became a problem and money was owed to people. What Derek would do is that he would take money from his club to pay back the debtors and this led to the club shutting down and him losing out on that income. With that, money was still owed but he still had nothing coming in. So, homeboy fled to Neisner to basically escape his enemies. Here he begins his obsession with being on the same level of comfort as his peers who had graduated from university and living well and living in a certain area. His targets were paler skinned women of a certain race who were well off and had no baggage. So the first lady that Derek meets Let's call her Alexa. She was this woman with her own apartment and she had just finished her masters. He had found his mark. So they start dating and he sweeps her off her feet with his charm. So much so that he's moved by his sub story about whatever living situation bullshit that he came up with. And she uses her graduation certificate money to pay for his rent. While he's chowing Alexa's money, he is now also in the process of luring in another woman named Bianca, who is a successful entrepreneur, also from a wealthy family. Eventually, this Alexa chick starts asking for her graduation money back because she needs to submit to her employer and get all of her things going, right? And this man, instead of paying her, moves out of the apartment she thought she was helping him pay for. He just dips. Now Derek has secured the relationship he was vying for now with Bianca because Alexa clearly became less than ideal to him now because she was asking for what was owed to her back. So he got he cons Bianca into paying the deposit for his new place and uses the money that he had gotten from his ex, her graduation money, to pay the rent. So one, so your current girl is paying your deposit and the girl you just dipped on who gave you money, you're using that money, her money for her graduation to pay your rent. <laughs> like just saying all of this is making me sick and when I heard it for the first time, my jaw was just all the way down to the floor. Anyway, Derek being the scumbag and nuisance to society that he is manages to get kicked out of this new place so he asked to move in with Bianca her family 
and you know sometimes it's tricky with family because if they don't like your partner you it's it's a sort of retaliation but her family could not stand him and rightfully so and the fact that he was now living in her space but her being blinded by charm but also being a family girl was conflicted so what she thought was best in the moment is she decided she would pay for him to move into a new place so at Bianca's 30th birthday celebration her father gifted her a trip to Mozambique the date of her trip and Derek's moving weekend were like overlapping right so while she was away in Moz this dirtbag used her car to pick up a new new girlfriend and decided to host a housewarming party at the place that Bianca paid for And then he told his friends and family that should the new girlfriend ask, the car out in front, which is Bianca's, belonged to him. And so many people in his life were uncomfortable with this and he started losing many people over the years. Once homegirl Bianca returns from her vacation, she asks Derek, yo, where's the money for the apartment (laughs) this motherfucker straight up told her you know what it's not you it's me but i think we should end things also dips just like that he got what he wanted from her and as soon as she asked for it back he broke things off with her and then he moved to george now like george and i is now like pretty close together so Take from that what you will. Dodging her and any sort of accountability. I mean, this this poor girl, and not even, this unfortunate woman had to reach out to Derek's family to try and recover her things because she was too embarrassed to admit to her own that had warned her about this guy that she had done something so... I I don't want to call it silly or naive or stupid because he conned her. It's as simple as that. And now she is stuck in this predicament. And also, she wasn't just losing out on rental money. No, 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 no. Homegirl had also funded his many business ventures and hadn't seen a single cent of profit. The loans she gave him just accumulated during their relationship. And you know what? This is only just one store, one woman that he's screwed over. Oh, sorry, two. He owes many different women and former friends over a hundred thousand rand. Many of them have given up on the idea of ever seeing their money, which is so fucking saddening because for some, it's like 30K was given and now you have to kiss that goodbye and live with the fact that you were used for it. You are left in this uncomfortable situation while someone else is out there enjoying your money and new pussy, basically. 
So to this day, Derek is still in George. And of course, he's with someone new. And this current girlfriend, I'm not sure if she is unaware of his ways. She has given and done so much for him so that he can live this ideal lifestyle. She is a hard-working, accomplished woman who is being hypnotized by this narcissist who knows exactly which of her heartstrings to tug at. Like I said, there are many, many more victims of Derek's movements. If I were to tell them all now, I'd like be speaking for hours. So if you are interested in this as a series, guys, let me know and I will every second or third episode tell you another thing and or go into detail about what some of his swindles. The sad truth is that this is real fucking life. And it has also happened to some of you shaggers. Some of you have been attracted to people because of their class or you know of people who are. And some of you are said victims. You, you, you get approached because you look a certain way or you like a certain thing or you use the certain aesthetic and then people, you know, use you so that they can match that. The one thing is that like, I'm, it's, it's good to know that only a small percentage of you have been ghosted by someone who owes you money, which I'm genuinely happy about. The thing is that sometimes love or the idea of it can sometimes blind you broke because you think you hope and sometimes it you genuinely feel like it's reciprocated and the gen and the feelings are genuine and that this person's attention is worth your so-called investment and i use that term loosely for all those who gave out their hearts and not your cash ever. Please teach me your ways because fuck, it ain't cute. It ain't cute. The questions that come in now, like, do you warn the next person that um, is now seeing this criminal about their ways and the vote you guys the the vote was split on this you know and it was split between depending on how much damage said person did and yes because you wanted to prevent someone from feeling that same pain that you felt honestly i it's hard to be the person to speak out because then you sound like a jealous ex and the person who's already doing this manipulating is going to turn it around and make you sound even worse and you lose all credibility so it is a hard situation but if you can and you can back it up and you've got proof rather pay it forward and warn the next person i honestly i think that's the best thing very few people said that they would stay out of it because they weren't warned. And 
I understand the doggy dog world mentality, but uh, guys, the general consensus is that if your former partner skips out on payment, that is as shaggers, most of you would either pester them and like keep blowing them up and hope to get your money back. And others of you said you would get others um, like bigger people involved to try and get your money back. But unfortunately, it it's, doesn't always like work that way. And it's not that simple because the person dips. So tracking them or even busting the windows out their cars becomes difficult. But, but it's not impo- impossible. It is not impossible. Most people think that the ladies fall victim to such romantic scams more often than men do. But in my honest opinion, I think it's just that when the scamming is done by a female, it's not as obvious and it's not as it's not on such a large scale as compared to when a man does it, you know, that's that's just my opinion. And yeah, if I say anything more. Yeah, it's tricky, but that's what I think. But guys, that is that is basically it for today. I literally sat up all night prepping and recording this episode. And honestly, it was draining and somewhat uncomfortable for me. A, because I can relate and it hits home. B, there wasn't a single hint of humor today because this topic is so serious and it's such a risk for me, but I felt so compelled to start speaking about it. And lastly, this is also an attempt to raise awareness that people don't always have the best and most genuine intentions. Like, like I said, guys, okay, should you want to hear more of these things that Derek has done, let me know on my socials at SAS podcast underscore and at ZZCiolo, that is Z-I-Z-I-S-I-Y-O-L-O on Instagram and Twitter. If you know exactly who I've been talking about or have Derek like experiences you can submit them anonymously on my page the link is in the description of this episode and also on my social media bios i'd really love 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 it if you guys could leave a rating and a review of this episode on your podcast streaming apps because guys so far i've been doing really well and i'm like super stoked So please subscribe to the shit about shagging show because being a shagger is a lot of fun. Take my word for it. Now, if you know this Derek character and you want to come forward with your story, I want you to know that there are many, many women like you who have been hurt by him. And that would stand by you and support you. I may not be one of his targets, but I will speak on your behalf. And so will a lot of other people. 
to the person who told me this and was brave enough thank you I think to raise awareness and to have so many people on social media relate to this or comment it was it was brilliant I I was shocked really so yeah I got a question an anonymous question this week so it, it was a weird one so I have to address it to the person who submitted the question saying I can't say I miss you too um, because the submissions are anonymous but if you want another opportunity to shoot your shot with me you can but if you did me wrong in some way please don't come back into my life unless you have a genuine apology and better intentions you know who you are I don't and on that note it's been a ride it's been a journey thank you so much for listening don't forget to follow myself and the podcast leave a rating a review keep safe and remember love you long time shaggers bye